Ah, you damn right. Hope you're having a good Monday. One week after Therapy Monday, full Therapy Monday for Longhorn and Cowboys fans, you've got an all-sugar, no-vegetable kind of Monday after 95-17 combined. Wow. And we're on a little early because the Sark Presser has moved to noon. It's Chad and Zay here on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. Zay, what's up? What up? That's all I got right now. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> Isaiah's monitoring. It's okay. He's in monitor mode because uh, Sark moved things a little bit. It's a different week, you know. Friday morning, Texas and Baylor battle for the Brazos, all that good stuff. 11 a.m. kick, 7 a.m. pregame. Normally, Sark goes at 11. Today, they rearranged. He's got to go at noon. So our man Patrick Davis is down there. He's got everything hooked up. Zay is monitoring right now. Our man Craig Way, the legend, is down in deep south Texas because the men's basketball team is in Edinburgh tonight to take on northern Arizona. Don't try to understand what I just said, but I believe it's actually true. Uh, Craig's been through a whole lot that they they kind of documented on Light the Tower. So we hope everything is good with Craig down south. We are taking over here a little bit early so we can get you to the Sark press conference, but that's coming right up. Sark to talk about a 55-14 performance, 25 carries for Bijan, 9.8 yards per carry for Jonathan Brooks to go with the 9.7 that Bijan put up. It was an absolute butt-kicking Texas at Kansas. So those numbers we talked about with Sark, they definitely changed for the better. Goes to now three and six in true road games, eight and nine overall in conference. And you certainly didn't need to change that one score record because that thing was a long way from one score. Double nickel to only 14. I can't even believe Kansas somehow got to 14 the way that game rolled out. So we'll hear from Sark coming up. And again, that basketball team tonight, 7.30 tip, 7 o'clock pregame right after ball don't lie, Texas. Shout shout out to the basketball team and Chris Beer for getting another big-time recruit, A.J. Johnson, brother of Jalen Green. That happened over the weekend, too. Good positive weekend for Longhorn fans after last weekend had some question marks to it. This weekend seemed to have periods and exclamation points in it. Yeah, yeah, but now we're putting our... You know, faith into a Kansas team that we just beat the brakes off of and see if they could upset Kansas State and hopefully get Texas into Arlington. But Texas has to handle their business first against the Bears. Mm -hmm. Those two things happen. Texas will win the tiebreaker against Kansas State, and they'll go play TCU in the Big 12 championship game. So Texas got to win early Friday morning, and then we wouldn't find out until late Saturday night because Kansas-Kansas State doesn't happen until like 6-6.30, I believe, is that kick on Saturday. So again, it's Chad and Zay, special edition here on a Monday as we wait for Sark over at the university. Uh, Isaiah is monitoring the quiet golf room over there. It's a cool feeling because when you have it on preview, you can hear both what's going on down there at the stadium with Patrick Uh in one ear and I hear you (laughs) in the other ear. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Kind of freaking you out? A little bit. A little bit. Not like Ernie Johnson or something. So at this point, is Patrick giving you like the air traffic controller here? Like we have two minutes. Uh, no. Two minutes to go. No. No, he's been very respectful that That's good. we're running okay. the show here. So he's not. Yeah. Fr- yeah, he just waiting on Sark to come on. Not freaking you out. Okay, yeah. that is good. So as soon as Sark enters the, the room, we will let you know while we're waiting on that. And that gives us enough time to fire off the specs set piece and uh, give our partners some love here. And we'll get right into it. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Speaking of Austin FC and such things, the World Cup gets cranked up today for the U.S. team. They will be playing at 1. We'll keep you updated on that. Coming up this hour, we will get you a World Cup report. A little preview from our man Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. And remember, Soccer Matters this week will move to Wednesday, so you'll get a full recap of that first USA game against Wales coming up Wednesday night at 8. Wednesday 
It's Sark and Longhorn Weekly at 7, then Soccer Matters. 9 o'clock is the Longhorn Blitz podcast. 10 o'clock, sports guys talking wrestling. The Fight Night guys are taking the week off for Thanksgiving, but we are packed with a lot of different stuff going on today and throughout the week. So best of luck to that U.S. soccer team. We'll keep you up to date once they get started at 1. But obviously we'll be talking a lot of football as well. Texas gets the big win, and again, we are waiting on Steve Sarkeesian to get there for the press conference conference but if you do love our two big brands around here the two big circuses texas and the cowboys you are loving your monday 55 14 for texas and 40 to 3 for the dallas cowboys i couldn't believe that Zay, I was so glad to be wrong. You and I were both a little nervous for the Cowboys. We didn't like the matchup. I thought Dalvin Cook would be an impact in that game. He was not. I thought Jefferson was going to be a bad matchup. Not near enough. And the Cowboys just flattened Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, to stop Justin Jefferson, you could get pressure on Kirk Cousins, and that's what the Cowboys did. Seven total sacks. We saw Michael Parsons early in the first quarter get that strip sack fumble and that set the tone for the rest of the day and they were impressive and what me and you talk about all the time if Dak throws the ball over 30 times no good if he throws the ball under 30 hey you might be there you might be cooking with something there Kellen Moore so yeah I thought it was a great formula great game plan and coming off of that very dramatic win up in Buffalo you would think that that would take a lot out of a team. It did, and the Cowboys took advantage. Yeah, 22 or 25 for Dak. I'm trying to keep it under 40 at times, to be realistic. But, yeah, if, you can, keep, if you can keep it under 30, it's fantastic. Uh, he was awesome. QBR was 93-3. His rating was 139-3. Two touchdown passes, no picks. Cowboys were just on. And then 40 rushes. They only ran for 3.8 a carry. They weren't dominant in that way. They just kept running, and they kept doing it, and they kept coming. So they are now 7-3. and three. Oh, by the way, 37 minutes of time of possession. You know the old man likes that. Texas and Kansas, it wasn't quite that. Longhorns were too busy scoring to keep the ball that long. When you score 55, normally you're not going to win time of possession. That's not how that works. Because when you're scoring 55, you're kicking it to them to say, all right, go ahead, do whatever, yeah. do whatever you're going to do, and then give us the ball back. Yeah, and that was one of those games where – Number five, he just showed why he's going to be the first running back taken in this year's draft. He's absolutely unbelievable, and Longhorn fans, including myself, we're going to miss the crap out of them because oh. those guys, they don't come around very often. I'm talking to Bucky Gobble when I was on B&E this morning, and you know how much he loves his running backs. He he was kind of feeling yeah. hurt. He, he hopes that. Bijan will come back. He hopes that, you know, him having his faith and him loving the University of Texas, that maybe that he'll come back. But, hey, you and I talk to Brandon Lang every week, and he's talked about just the value of the running back, which that couldn't be more true, has gone down over the years. That's not what it once was when Ricky was coming back for Mac Brown and winning the Heisman, where you knew yeah. that that running back will get some buku money whenever he gets to the league. It's, it's not like that no more. It's by association, by multiple running backs, and you know a big reason why Dallas might not be able to keep Tony Pollard is because of that reason. So, yeah, you know I, I, I'm gonna miss him, and he showed his ass on Saturday. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, two forty three on the ground for Bijan. Maybe he's got a Ricky moment in him, and uh, as far as shocking everybody to come back. But as of this point, you would assume that is not happening. But a great performance for Texas. Now can they back it up by coming back home and beating Baylor? and giving themselves a chance to go to the Big 12 title game. Again, we're waiting on the Sark press conference right now. Some of these pressers have pushed a little later. Uh, <laughs> they've set at 11, and then it ends up being more like 11.20. And then sometimes they've said, okay, we're moving them to 11.30, uh, but this is all based on practice times. And I'm guessing with today, the weather situation, it's probably not helping the uh, the scheduling of things. So we are uh, we are waiting for Steve Sarkeesian and that press conference. Yeah, it's a short week, so... So he, he might be a little off and having to sure. adjust things. Like you have to kind of move the schedule up a day, but you also want to take care of all the things that you normally take care of during a normal week. But when you have a short one, uh, you, you, you already tell that he's adjusting with the 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now we're still going 12.07. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> presser instead of the 11 normal ones. Yeah, we'll see when it ends up happening here. But remember, the Specs text line is there for you, 337-3776. Somebody echoing the good basketball news. We got A.J. Johnson. Let's go. Hook em horns emoji there. Uh, somebody else texted Chris Beard. Might be the best Texas coaching hire ever. Oh, wow. Don't get too far out in front of so yourselves petty. there. So, uh, man. So petty. So excited about that. And <laughs> somebody else just sent a picture of A.J. Johnson about the, that commitment picture that he sent out. Someone else texting Zay that A.J. has a seven-foot teammate that Texas is recruiting as well. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. Hey, you know, it's a it's a good get. I mean, the guy's from the L.A. area, and when you have a brother who plays professional basketball in Texas that you're really close to, Jalen Green was here on one of his visits to the University of Texas, so that helps. He's right up the road. Right up the road from Big Bro, who mm-hmm. he played on his brother's AAU team that he has for the Adidas circuit. So they're really tight, and I think that had a lot to do with him coming down to Texas all the way up from Cali. Plus, Coach Beer, Coach Terry, all those guys, they're great recruiters. How can you not love what the Horns are doing right now? They're ranked fourth in the nation. The Moody's on fire. The Corral's popping. So, yeah, I look to see more recruits like this come in, and him and Ron Holland, both of those guys are Chris Beer's guys. You know, A.J. Johnson, long, 6'5", guard, that's what Chris Beard wants. And same with Ron Holland. He's around 6'9", long, athletic. So, yeah, this is a big-time get, and there's more to come. Uh, somebody else texted us, nothing gets Longhorn fans drinking that Kool-Aid like a win over Kansas, <laughs> 55-14. That is true. The one thing I would say to Texas fans and Cowboy fans today is you just – to me, you're trying to figure out how much of that was real, how much of that can you count on. That, to me, just felt like both cases – just lots of empty calories. That was a lot of cotton candy and Skittles and Bucky talking about his Twizzlers today. That was just one of those weekends where you decide, you know what, I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. For all us old men out there, you just eat whatever you want to eat from Friday night to Sunday evening, and then you realize, oh my God, that was the worst decision in the world. So how much of it was substance on Saturday and Sunday from Texas and the Cowboys I'm not. I'm just not sure. I think we're going to have to find out, and we get to find out pretty quick. Short weeks for both. Can one of them hang out with a division opponent, and then can one of them hang out with a really well coached conference opponent that, you know, I, I I have thought was a bad matchup for Texas from the moment the schedule comes out. Last game, Baylor coming to town, Aranda the way they the way they get physical with you, but Baylor has been shaky lately, so that's going to have a lot of people kind of leaning through leaning for Texas. I still think this is a battle for them, Zay. I don't think this is going to be easy to get by Baylor. Oh, Sark's walking in. All right, here we go. Steve Sarkeesian walking in, probably feeling good after fifty five fourteen. Here we go. I know somebody if you want one. Yeah. Damn, so serious. <laughs> All right. Um, I think one, just a quick recap of the ball game the other night. I thought that uh, put it, like I said, a really a complimentary football game. You know, when, when you look at all three phases and the, and the style of play and, the, and capitalizing on opportunities um, in the environment, in the elements, I, I thought that that really showed up. You know, clearly defensively, our ability to kind of stop the run uh, was huge in the game. Um, a couple critical fourth down stops, the turnover, uh, the punt return um, to set up a score. It all added up to us just playing really well together. Uh, I thought everybody was engaged. Um, that's always an issue when you go on the road. Uh, in those conditions, uh, I thought the sidelines was engaged. There was great energy amongst the team. Clearly, the running game offensively uh, was effective. Uh, that Bijan had a fantastic night. He continues to do things that um, we probably take for granted uh, of, of just what he's able to do uh, in his style of play uh, to create those explosive plays for us. Uh, so all in all, uh, it set us up for a great opportunity this, this Friday. Um, it's going to be a heck of an environment for us. Senior day, uh, and a lot of our seniors deserve and need that, that recognition 
Uh, it's their last time in DKR, playing at DKR, so want to make sure that they have a special memory of that. Uh, 11 a.m. kick, uh, we know how important our fans are. They've been tremendous all year long. Uh, and we're just we're asking for one more op for them to show up. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a ball game against a very good Baylor team. Um, one a lot like us is probably looking at a few of their games, thinking, "Man, a play here, a play there," and ultimately maybe uh, maybe things are going a little differently for them in this last weekend. So, no great challenge ahead of us, and um, you know, looking forward to the opportunity of Thanksgiving uh, ball game, which it's always fun when you're. You know, I was a kid; it was always uh, you know the turkey bowl on Thanksgiving and hopefully it was raining and you got to play in the mud and all that kind of good stuff. And in high school, it was always, if you were playing Thanksgiving weekend, that meant you were getting deep into the playoffs, which was, which was always fun as well. And in this instance, uh, feels kind of like a playoff game. Um, you know, we've, we've got to take care and do our part. We all understand, you know, the ramifications of where it's at in the big 12. Uh, again, we don't shy away from those things. So we've got to do our part Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, and then see what happens after that. So uh, with that, we'll open it up. Steve, the win on, against Kansas, validation for you in the season. You guaranteed a winning season, and you're the only poor loss team that's ranked. So. Well, you know, I, I think it probably goes both ways. I'm really proud of our guys, you know, to, to stack road wins together. Um, and to play the style of football that we've been playing, I think, is a physical brand of football. I think you can feel our effort in which we play the game. I think we're playing smart. Um, and so I'm proud of the guys on that, you know. And, again, you can always look back and play the what-if game. You know, what if this play, what if that play, and, and a couple other ball games. But in the end, uh, the resiliency our guys have shown, I'm very proud of that. Um, I'm proud of their ability to stick together, uh, to fight through some of the adversity that we've uh, that we've been faced with, um, showed a great deal of perseverance and a lot of pride uh, in putting on that jersey and that helmet every every weekend. And so we got another opportunity this weekend to do that. Um, you know, again, I've I've always challenged our guys is you know when you when you get good victories, that's not the time to relax. That's the time to 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 dig deeper and to hone in uh, with even more mental intensity. And uh, I thought today really showed that short week. The guys came back with a great deal of energy, a lot of, a lot of focus on what we're trying to get done Friday. So, uh, again, a lot to be proud of for the season, um, but more work to do. So that, that's kind of the approach we have. Hey, Coach, um, about a year ago, right before the season finale, uh, you were asked about the quarterback uh, position, and you talked about how you were going to open that job back up and uh, the kind of the importance of letting guys compete because you wanted to see the development. Um, a year later, I'm kind of curious as to where you are with that. Do you feel the same way that you did last year as far as after the season you need to open it back up? Uh, and I'm just kind of curious where you are. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair question. I, I think competition is healthy um, for all of us. You know, I think, you know, to, to anoint anybody for the, for the future, that probably wouldn't be fair to the other guys in that room. And so, hey, Quinn's, Quinn's made some really good strides. I know there's opportunities he'd probably love to have back throughout the year. Uh, I think Hudson has really improved, and I thought he was really valuable for us early in the season when we needed him. Uh, I think Malik Murphy's another guy who's got uh, a bunch of upside who I've seen development in him. So like, like every year, um, we'll go into the offseason and wipe the, wipe the slate clean and let these guys compete and battle and see what it looks like because that's what – makes us better. And ultimately, when other guys are working um, at their craft, that should motivate us to want to continue to improve our game. So, uh, And that would be no different than any other position. You know, we have to give everybody those opportunities or we're not, we're not living up to the idea that we're a developmental program. And if you don't give guys the opportunity to develop and to then show what they're capable of, um, then, I'm, then I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. And that's, that's not right. I always try to be upfront and honest with our guys. And so competition's at the forefront of our program um, as, to go along with the development. And so that position is no different than any other one. Chip? Steve, back-to-back uh, -back games against the top two scoring offenses, your defense holds them way below their averages. Yeah. Have they crossed a... A threshold mentally, especially getting it done on the road. Um, and is it your anticipation that Gary Patterson will be back next year? Um, well, I, I think I'll speak on the defense first. I think one thing that comes with defense is confidence and belief. 
And I think as this year's gone on, um, our, our, our defense has gained confidence in their play and then gained belief in the scheme, the techniques, the guys next to them, that they're going to everybody's doing their part. Um, and I think there's a style of play that we're playing with defensively. I think there's a relentless attitude and effort that they play with. Uh, we populate the ball. We're creating more turnovers now uh, in the second half of the season. So all that, I think, lends itself to the confidence that we're playing with defensively. And um, it's exciting to see, man. Great teams play great defense. And, um, you know, I, I think that, that it's, been a, it's been a work in progress over two years now of where we've gotten to defensively. Um, and granted, there's a couple seniors on that side of the ball uh, that will be moving on. Uh, but there's still a, a really good nucleus of young players over there that our future looks very bright. As far as Gary, you know, the off season is the off season, you know, and that's that's what it's for. You know, that's, you know, people people make choices and decisions in their life and their careers of what they need to do. We're obviously very grateful and thankful for for Gary of what he's provided to our program. Um, if it works out to where he can come back, man, well, I would love to have him. We would welcome him back with open arms. But again, he's got to make choices and decisions just like every other member of our staff does of of where they want to go in their future coach uh, what's impressed you about Baylor they racked up a lot of yards against TCU then they got their heart ripped out what what about this Baylor team and what about the uh, Dave Aranda yeah I, I think their team first of all um, offensively I'll speak on first they um they, they've got great balance man they, I, I really you know I'm impressed with their ability to run the football uh, with with the different runners that go in, I think the quarterback has really you know kind of emerged uh, in his style of play. Got a very athletic, good offensive line with a good scheme. You know the run game, the play pass. Uh, they they do a nice job getting the getting the quarterback on the perimeter. Um, he's a he's a very good athlete. So all those things add up to it's a tough scheme. I think defensively, uh, very good scheme as well. Big defense, very big, big up front, physical. Uh, athletic in the secondary, so pose good challenges there. Um, and Dave, you know, I've got a great deal of respect for him. I've known him a long time. Um, you know, he's done a tremendous job with their program. I know, hey, I mean, tough losses happen, man, and they, they took the number four team in the country to the brink, you know, to the last second. Um, but in the end, you know, that's what our conference is about. It's tough. You know, Big 12 is a tough conference, man, week in and week out. Um, you got to play, you know, ultimately your, your, your best football to, to come out on top. So uh, they're a very good football team, very well coached, uh, and I know they'll be hungry uh, Friday at, uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, <clears throat> Bijan just won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Do you think he'll be able to win any of those next year? Have you had any of those conversations with him yet about his future? And, and maybe more importantly, do you think NIL deals lend guys to maybe – put off the NFL and maybe want to come back because of what they're able to, to do now. And Well, I, I think a couple things. One, if he didn't win player of the week this week, I would have liked to seen the guy that did. Uh, that was a tremendous performance and uh, well-deserved, believe me. Uh, I, I always try to put those kinds of talks off till after. I think that can create clutter in these guys. Um, I know he wants to come in here Friday and play well, um, wire into the game plan. Uh, when that time comes, when the regular season dies down, we'll have those discussions, uh, not just with him but with his family, um, and we'll get the necessary information in place so he can make a really good decision. Um, in the end, I do agree. I, I think NIL may play a factor in some guy's decision to decide to turn pro or not because of the opportunities that, that they get placed with. Um, and I don't, that's why I say I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think if that's a way to, for young men to want to stay in school, to earn their degree, to be part of a university, um, that, 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 that's a positive, you know. And I know that so much of NIL right now is there's a negative connotation that's surrounding that word about what it's doing to college athletics. But, man, if it can promote a young man to stay in school, to get his degree, to be part of a, a university and a program, I think that's a positive. So, again, that, that, that discussion with he and any other guys on our team will happen after the regular season. Hey, Steve, uh, we asked Quinn about Bijan's performance, and he was like, he's going so good that I was, I was a game manager. And uh, he didn't shrug away from that. And is that maturity when a quarterback can say, I need to manage the game? Well, I uh, think does so. that show maturity on no, this part? I, I, to your point, I think it does. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to we're trying to, you know, build a culture that's about winning. You know, that and what do we need to do to win? And for the quarterback to recognize, hey, it's it's 26 degrees, 
and we're running the ball at seven yards a pop, it's probably a smart thing to do to keep running the ball and then mix in some passes when you can to take advantage of some things. Um, so for him to recognize that, I think, does show a lot of maturity. Um, I probably recognize there was, a, there was a run that Bijan had there, his last one, where he literally Quinn looked and kind of put his hands on his head like, I can't believe what I just saw. So I think everybody was watching the same stuff, you know. And, um, you know, again, hey, I, are we going to be able to run the ball like that Friday? I don't know. They got really good rush defense at Baylor. So, you know, Quinn's probably going to have to play, and, and we're going to ask more of him this Friday than we did, than we did last Saturday. Coach, how do you how do you help your guys not play the what if games, knowing where they could have been at this um, point? You know, a couple things. One, I'm a I'm a realist with our guys. I'm honest with them. Um, they know the scenario. I painted this scenario for them last night. We got to win Friday, then we can worry about what happens Saturday night. But if we don't take care of our business, if we don't mow our own lawn, then it doesn't matter what happens Saturday night. So I think the focus and the intent is taking care of our own business first. Uh, I think it'd be a lot more challenging if the other, if it, if it was reversed, if we didn't play till Saturday night and they played Friday, then it could be challenging watching that. But right now, because that game's going to kick off 24 hours after we're done, man, we can invest our time and energy into that as it pertains to the Big 12. Two, uh, we got a group of guys that this is their last time running out of that tunnel playing at DKR. And that's a special moment for them. And we want to make sure that we provide them with a special memory. Um, we were able to do that last year, um, four and seven, walking in here playing K-State. And, you know, dedicating that game to our seniors and coming out with a win. We have a bunch of guys that their last game in DKR was a, was a, was a really good victory against a good football team. Man, if we can do the same for this year's senior class, uh, that would be a great moment for us. So that's where our focus is right now. And I think our players understand that. You're able to get a lot of the freshman offensive linemen in late. What did you yeah. see from that? Aside from Logan, all those first-year guys yeah. playing together late. It was great. It was great to see him. I saw a lot of highlight-type things, and a lot of like, man, we can build off of that. Uh, I also saw a lot of not a lot, but but some inconsistency in there, which is understandable for some of those guys' first-time real action playing. Um, but um, you know, th those game reps are invaluable when you actually have to be out there on the field and do it. Um, against quality people, I think, is uh, is going to be good for them for their future. Yes, yeah, obviously, you know, Jonathan Brooks is buried behind some pretty talented guys on the Jeff chart, but just for him to come out and have that performance and be able to, you know, get double-digit touches, how encouraging is that for, you know, his present and his future, and maybe what has he done behind the scenes to kind of improve? And also, just have a quick update on uh, Roshan. Yeah, Ro, uh, I think, is making good progress. You know, again, you never know coming out of a ball game uh, when a guy gets injured, um, yeah, I thought we we took some precautions there of removing him from the game, uh, but he's making good progress to get back. So that's that's a positive. I think for Jonathan Brooks, he's taking advantage of being in a great room uh, with some great role models. You know, when you think about Bijan Robinson, you know, um, Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson, three very mature young men who compete at a really high level. But they do it on a daily basis. They do it from a meeting perspective. They do it at practice, how they conduct themselves off the field, the way they go about their business. I think those guys are great role models for Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue. Um, but Brooksy, in the end, you know, this is a guy who we had flashes of high hopes for last year, um, had, a shoulder, had a shoulder injury at the end of last season, came back this year, went back to work, and every time he's gotten an op, has shown up, and I thought the physicality he ran with the other night, but then the speed, um, it's, it's something definitely for him to build on for the future, and like I said, you know, I think our running back room is something that we should be proud of and look forward to seeing what it looks like in the future. I'm sticking with Roshan. Just how, I guess, important has he been for you um, as a guy who's kind of led and helped lead this transition over the last couple of years, I owe a lot to him. You know, I owe a lot to our to our to our leadership committee and, the, and these seniors. Uh, but Roe, you know, there's been a couple of very significant moments that, uh, you know, somebody at some point needed to stand up. You know, I, I, I my voice at some point it can only go so far until it comes from a peer, and um, he took the initiative and did that and. Um, very eloquent in his messaging to the team, but in a way that I felt like the players heard it and continue to hear it when he speaks. And um, I think that when you 
when you talk about what is a Texas Longhorn football player, in my mind I think of Roshan Johnson because he's a selfless player. You know, he is not the star starting running back at the University of Texas. But yet that doesn't ever get in the way of his work ethic. That doesn't get ever get in the way of his approach. That doesn't ever get in the way of, of his want to and want to do well for his team and want to win. And he probably could be starting at a lot of other schools. But yet what does he do? He maximizes his opportunities every time he gets it. You know, he doesn't count his reps. He makes his reps count. He starts on four special teams. Uh, he runs down on kickoff and makes tackle. He handles our punt team. He does all of the little things the right way that every time I meet with a young player, I always reference, you know, how can you be more like him? That's, that's what your goal should be because that guy goes about it the right way and he's got a bright, bright future on the football field, but he's got probably even a brighter future off the football field because of who he is as a person. The, the portal will open up, I believe, on December the 5th. But guys are probably going to start making their decisions about their future probably after the regular season is, is over with. So when will you start having conversations with guys about their futures here at Texas? And how do you kind of decide within your head who are the guys that you want to talk into returning and who are the guys that you say it's okay for you to walk in and find some happiness somewhere else? Well, I think two things. One, I won't have any of those discussions until our regular season is done. Um, so we'll find out Saturday at about 10.30 <laughs> if we're done or if we, if we have one more regular season game. We'll see. So that will depend on, on uh, how that goes. Um, the ultimate decision is this. If a young man wants to be at the University of Texas, that's who we want to be here playing football for us. If, if they're wondering, should I, should I not, maybe the grass is greener somewhere else, this probably isn't the place for you. Uh, because ultimately you have to be fully invested into this thing to get the results out of it that you're looking for. And if you're not, it's going to be too hard. And so that's going to be my discussion with everybody. It's about, hey, if this is somewhere you want to be and you're willing to put forth the effort and the energy needed to make that happen, come on. If, if you're wondering about it, if you got one foot in, it's probably better to take the other step and, and move on. And that's just the nature of it. And I don't, I don't, there's no ill will towards that. But that's the environment of college football today. Um, that's the reality that we're in. And so we can embrace it or we can continue to, to fight it. And I'm, I'm of the mindset of you might as well embrace uh, where we're at. You know, I reference this line a lot, you know, adapt or die. <laughs> you know, and there's a reason dinosaurs aren't here anymore. They, they, they couldn't adapt. And so we have to adapt with the times. The transfer portal is a real thing. Um, and so you have to manage it accordingly, just like you do recruiting or NIL or anything else that comes up. Uh, the offensive line, defensive line, point of attack. Uh, how would you rate those units now that you've, you're toward yeah. the end of the year, and how much improvement have you seen? I thought our defensive line all year, and and really the second half of the season, has been playing at a very high level. Uh, I think these guys are are you know A grade. You know they they've really in the run game, pressuring the quarterback. Um, have done it at a very high level internally and externally. I just think the defensive front has done it at a high level. I think offensively, um, we've had really cool moments when we've done it. We've had some other moments where maybe we we showed a little bit of immaturity. Um, understandable, you know. We're, you know, when you start two true freshmen, a true sophomore, a redshirt sophomore up there, you're going to have a little bit of that. And I, we knew that going in. You know, we knew what we were doing. Um, I think Coach Flood's done a great job with those guys. But, man, we're seeing a lot more than just glimpses. We're seeing a little bit more consistency at the point of attack of the style of football that we want to have up front. But, um, again, I think our future is very bright up there uh, on the offensive line. But So, uh, again, proud of the work both sides of the ball has done. But clearly, defensively, I think what we've done at the line of scrimmage has been, uh, has been a very good year. Steve, you said, I think, before the game, before the Kansas game, to the sideline reporter, number five needs to show up. How, you know, how, how often do you tell a guy before a game when it's going to be a run-heavy, you know, game plan? And even if you're going up against a top run defense with a guy like Bijan, is the message our players are better than their players and we're going to impose our will. I don't, I don't view it like that. I, ne I never view it like we're better than you or any, anything of that sort. I, I do tell the players a lot they're the secret sauce, you know, that, you know, 
the the plays and the design of the plays are great and all, uh, but but the players are the ones that make the plays work, and um, you know they're they're the ones that make the movie. We we write the script as a staff. They got to make the movie, and you know who some of those key roles are going to be in that movie that day as you start getting closer to the ball game, and then all of a sudden you start understanding what the elements are and and you know I didn't know. Saturday night, how bad the wind was going to be. You know, the wind was blowing really good in pregame warm-ups. Um, we've learned the, you know, the effect of what that wind can do to us offensively at times. We didn't we didn't throw it great at Oklahoma State. Then add in the temperature of it all. Um, you know, it was not a warm day by any means. And so, in those elements, man, you got to find a way to be able to run the ball. I, I think that when you go on the road in those elements, you got to be able to run the ball and you got to play defense. And you got to pack those two things in your in your travel bag. And, and we were able to do it. That doesn't mean we don't want to throw it and take advantage of things, but man, it's got to start there. You got to force people to tackle in that weather. And um, I thought we did that. And ultimately, number five did show up. You know, he had a heck of a game. Steve, you guys, if you take care of business on Friday, will there be a, a watch party at the Sarkeesian Mansion Saturday? <laughs> you know, well, not for you guys, but <laughs> I love you guys. But no, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big into all that. I'm sure I'll have a, a handful of players at the house. It seems like the place to be now, which I love, man. I I love our players. They they've. Um, I appreciate all that they do for our program. Old guys, young guys. And uh, I'm sure Miss L'Oreal will have a lot of food and, and, and we'll hang out. So, um, but hey, we do that for Thanksgiving. We do that on the normal. So the reality of it is um, we try to have a really good connection with our players and know that we're here for them beyond just coaching them in football, but hopefully developing them in life uh, to become better men. And um, yeah, my door will be open. So don't stalk me, said. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Have a great day. There you go, Steve Sarkeesian from the campus. Nice light mood on a lot of things. Why not after 55-14? We will hit the break here, and then we will dig into a little bit of what he said, get into the show a little more. Thanks to Patrick and our crew down at UT for getting all of that set up. we got more coming up. Keep it right here. This is The Horn. Oh, I think some Longhorn fans in a good mood today. Is this like the Longhorns had the right stuff in Lawrence? Is this Chris Beard's got the right stuff because he just got a big-time recruit? Is that what this is? Huh? Something like that. Is that what it is? Something like that? Okay. Certainly uh, a positive world around the Longhorns coming out of this weekend. It's funny how a week can change things. If you love the Longhorns and you love the Cowboys, you go from all of that to all of that in one week. New Kids on the Block and the right stuff. I have never seen New Kids on the Block live. Let me just be very clear. My wife was way into them, but that's long before I knew her. So she was into the boy band thing, but I was not. Is that Donnie Wahlberg? Correct. That is Donnie Wahlberg and the Knight Brothers and Joey McIntyre. And did I get them all? I think that's about right. Yes, but you're right. That's Donnie Wahlberg. So, so Mar- they're all from Boston? I believe they are all from Boston. Marky Mark's big brother was a new kid on the block. And is now, is he still married to Jenny McCarthy? Ooh. I don't keep up with my Hollywood relationships that closely. He was married to her for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if they're still together. They don't have the reality show no more. Oh, yeah. She's on Mass. I've never been to the burger joint either. I have not either. Wahlburgers? Yeah. They made a whole show out of that. Yeah, they don't even have one in the ATX or something. Oh, they didn't They didn't, they didn't eventually get... open one here? Nope. That's I think they just stay on the East Coast. That is a shame. All right, Sark Press Conference uh, ran a little bit late, but we knew it probably would. Had to rearrange the schedule this week. We'll get that posted for you as soon as possible at hornfm.com. Just a lot of good basic stuff from Sark. What are you going to say after 55-14? Bragging on his running backs. By the way, Roshan Johnson, he says, making progress to get back after the injury in the game. When you're whipping Kansas like that, you can take him out and make sure he is good 
good. Uh, one question about Baylor rolling through, and uh, then he was asked if there's going to be a watch party at the house on Saturday if they beat Baylor, and he said, "Yeah, we'll probably have some have some players over." So uh, we'll talk more about what Sark had to say. We got good text rolling in on the Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. Also coming up at the top of the hour, we are going to have the U.S. Men's National Team get started in the World Cup. Throughout the World Cup, you're going to be hearing updates from our man Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. Let's get you a World Cup report before that match kicks off. World Cup updates brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710. It all starts today in Qatar for the United States as they begin their World Cup journey in Group B with an important matchup against Wales at 1 Central. The opening match is an opportunity to get off to a good start. But are the United States ready? The youthful U.S. side has players now performing in Europe on the world's biggest clubs like Juventus, Chelsea, Dortmund, and Barcelona. But a World Cup is different pressure. And in a span of 10 days, you know if you're going to go to the knockout stage. The U.S. will rely heavily on the engine room midfield of Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and Yunus Musa while its key attacker is Christian Pulisic. Group with England and Iran, one can be sure that manager Greg Berhalter will have the focus on Wales today, who boast Gareth Bale and Daniel James and a roster of Premier League players. World Cups are unpredictable. Stars are born. Teams morph into different animals. Today it all begins for the U.S. and U.S. soccer fans. This update brought to you by Daspit Law Austin and Soccer Matters. Monday nights at 7 on the Horn. And remember this week, a special version of Soccer Soccer Matters moving to Wednesday night because you got Texas men's basketball tonight with a 7.30 tip. We'll keep you updated on the U.S. and Wales when they get started at 1. All right, coming up, it is the crap bag. I had a couple things I wanted to talk about, but then somebody texted in, Zay, don't forget to get on Chad's Aggies today. <laughs> LOL. We'll find out what maybe what Zay wants to say about my Aggies. That's coming up. Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. He was at the press conference today. We'll get his thoughts on the Longhorns incredible performance against Kansas that is all coming up stay with us a lot to get to on the horn Alright, this does not sound like a Wahlberg, brother. Does sound like we're going back a ways. Wow. Touch too much. Correct. Probably the title there. Um We're going back a little bit. We really are. I don't I don't know for sure though. Who is it? The Arrows. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't coming up with that. If you knew that, shout out to you. The Arrows getting us started. Helping us get started along with new kids on the block today. Yes, arrows all pointing up for Texas and the Cowboys and a lot of other teams after the weekend. Longhorns win 55-14. Cowboys win 40-3 and just smack the Vikings around yesterday. Lots of positivity with those two fan bases. But again, how much can you really take from it? How much of that was real? That's what we'll be trying to figure out this week. Joe Cook of Inside Texas coming up at 105. Remember, 11 a.m. kick for Texas Baylor, and then it's a 7 a.m. start down on Bevo Boulevard. Weather's actually supposed to be pretty good on Saturday from what we're seeing, Zay. Like 60s, like maybe highs in the 60s that day. So That's good. That should get more fans to go out and fill up DKR. Yeah, cool temperatures. You'll need a layer or two, but I don't think it's going to be crazy. I don't see rain we'll keep a keep track of it during the week but i think it's gonna be pretty good yeah that's what i'm nervous about you just never know with these uh you know games during the break it's a friday game it's early so do the students care yeah do the students right are they care? gonna show right. yeah i mean and i would say this might be the last time you'll see well this probably will be the last time you see Bijan robinson play with the performance he had uh, against kansas I would want my yeah. tickets. It could be the last time he puts that uniform on, depending on everything else. Because if Kansas State goes ahead and wins and they go play TCU, he wouldn't. He doesn't get to play in the Big 12 title game. 
And then if Texas ends up in a bowl game that you kind of understand where they're going to end up, Bijan's going to have a business decision to make. Yeah. And that and I could really see him playing in that and saying, hey, this is my last go, but just knowing the running back value in the National Football League, I would understand if he did yeah. it. And it would be wise if he didn't. Yeah, no, it's you're right. It's already been affected a little bit. And then does he want to, he wouldn't want to you know, risk affecting it more, maybe. Uh, so we've got all that to deal with this week. There's uh, also plenty of basketball going on as both uh, Texas basketball teams crank it up. Men's team tonight, uh, 7 30 tip. Women's team's having a rough time in the Bahamas. They've lost both of the first two games. Uh, and now, of course, Rory Harmon's been Rory, out. Rory, we need you. Yes, Rory Harmon has been out. That's been a little tough. They play Rutgers tonight. You remember you're guaranteed uh, three games in the Bahamas to get going in the early part of the season. 6.30 tonight on the bat, 6.15 pregame on 105.3 the bat. If you want to check out the women's game. All right, let's get into the crap bag here. Apparently there's a discussion to have about my Aggies. I, I didn't realize. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Someone texted, Zay, don't forget to get on Chad's Aggies today, LOL. Apparently apparently this morning, Zay, you said you needed to talk to me about my Aggies? Yeah, like, y'all just keep doing things that are just so questionable. I mean... Come on, the cannon in the face of the players, the UMass UMass guys, that's classless. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was. Uh, it's a word I use a lot to describe my feelings towards the Aggies that most Aggies don't use, and it's embarrassing. I've been embarrassed to be an Aggie many a times, and that was one of them. Uh, I tweeted out about it. I hated seeing it on multiple levels. I hated it on the disrespect level, but then I also hated it on the, you know, it's a canon level. There's a certain amount of like blatant disregard for firearm safety, if you will. It's not a firearm, but it's, you know, weaponry. Um, if you're going to be the, if you're going to be a school that's connected to military like that and you're going to have a cannon, and by the way, that's a very powerful cannon. AM prides itself, you'll be shocked, on having a more powerful cannon than like everybody. That's a bigger cannon than Smokey. It's a more powerful cannon than Smokey. Oh and the Aggies are, and the Aggies are proud to tell you that. But if you're going to do it that way, you have to show that respect. I did hear a story that the UMass players were warned that the cannon was down there and they still went into the corner of the end zone. To that, I would say, I don't care. I don't care about that part. If a 12-year-old went to the corner of that end zone, would you have fired the cannon? If it was a woman, would you have fired the cannon? If it was a family, would you have fired the cannon? If it was your AD, would you have fired the cannon and just said, well, you were warned, boom! <laughs> Go listen to the video, too. That's the extra sad part. That voice that says, I got it, I got it, man, that was awesome. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That wasn't awesome. It was extremely disrespectful. You're playing a team that is a lesser team, and it's that pillow game we talk about. They're from a part of the country that's not exactly into this level of football atmosphere, and you are welcoming them in, and that's how you choose to do it. What you mean, Chad? The attendance that y'all had over there at Kyle Field, they're definitely used to that at UMass. That's probably their capacity. Well, now let's remember, to be realistic about that part, it was you know high 30s, low 40s, and raining all day, and it hailed at halftime. Oh, wow. Yes, it hailed at halftime, and so some people right around half decided, you know what, peace. Yeah. I, I think I'm out. So, yes, in the second half, there were some empty stands there, including the dudes doing the relay race or whatever. What is it about, what is it about guys in college? What is it about guys in college taking off their shirts in freezing temperatures? Why do we do that? Why does our version of the human species do that? The booze. Is that it? The liquor. Okay. Just makes your mind do crazy things. Dude, it's nuts. Not only did y'all have that going on, mm-hmm. but we might have figured out who the Aggies got their weed from in that South Carolina speculation incident uh-huh. because uh, – Offensive lineman P.J. Williams, who was arrested in that South Carolina whatever He was suspended. One of the guys suspended. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not suspended. Yeah, suspended then. Arrested now because he had four to five ounces slash five pounds 
of the chronic. See, that's the range. How's apparently. the range? Yeah, the range. From four to five ounces. <laughs> possession of marijuana between four ounces and five pounds in size. <laughs> that's a Zay. I'm not a pot expert. That sounds like a big range. Yeah. My man's in a big range here. Yeah, the pounds, that's like Snoop and Willie hanging out for a whole week. I hope he doesn't have pounds of weed. So this is a guy that's been suspended. I'm get, so He's been indefinitely suspended, so if I'm reading it correctly, he was not a part of the game on Saturday, no. but he gets arrested on Saturday. I guess he's still in College Station. I would assume still has the scholarship, still going to classes, and I guess still smoking. Yeah, yeah, at that <laughs> or point. Or moving yeah, the product. Yeah, at that point, when you got that much, you're slanging that stuff. Like, he's out okay. here, he, 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 yeah, he's out here slanging that stuff. and You think he's a source? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, what's he got to do? There's nothing to do in College Station, so I kind of feel for him, but <laughs> also, you know, it's a dumb move. It's a dumb move. It's not good. Yeah. No, it's not good. Now, they probably call him at Lane's. E- Ordering thirty mm. chicken tenders, and they're like, "Huh, this is suspicious." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is tough. That is tough. I don't feel. I mean, I feel him. Lanes is my spot too. That is tough. By the way, shout out to the texter. Weather on Saturday doesn't matter. The game's on Friday. You're right. If I said Saturday, that's my. Friday's weather looks to be all right in the mid sixties. Thank Easy you. mistake. Thank you for that OCD mistake. Yes, we'll try to get that right throughout the week. Everybody, don't show up on Saturday. You will be a day late for for all of that. Yes, uh, definitely not proud of my Aggies uh, that are manning the cannon. I was out at game day when TCU was in town, and I watched the guys fire Smokey off and just ha- what has to happen for them to actually fire that cannon. There's just a lot that has to go on. And A&M has now closed their stadium in all the way around, and again, it's a that thing is so loud. And if you don't know what's going off, it scares Aggies. It scares us when it goes off sometimes because we don't know the schedule of when things are going off. To do that to a couple of, and there were two guys in the corner, but if you see right around the goal line, there's another three, four, five UMass players. You couldn't have waited. You couldn't have taken a breath. Take a beat. Calm down, Army, would you? Please. This is why. You want to know? All my brothers and sisters, you want to know why they keep telling the jokes? You know why they keep doing it? We keep giving them that. Yeah, make it too easy. We keep giving them the ammo. And the one thing I always, and this is what I tweeted, Zay, I've never understood it. My people want respect so much, and they never give it. Not never. Not never. That's not fair. Sometimes, in key moments, they will not give respect, yet they expect it. I don't know why. Isn't that what we need to be teaching? That's what we teach kids, right? Don't expect to get respected unless you are respectful. That's usually the way that works. For sure. Aggies don't always act that way. It's weird. But I'm extra disappointed because this is, again, these are the guys that are charged with firing a cannon at a game, and you did it that haphazardly. You did it like a bunch of frat guys. You did it like just a bunch of I-don't-care teenagers. That pissed me off. Yep. Zero class. And if I had my son, they would not be enrolled in that university. <laughs> you got to be more. Sorry. You got to be more respectful, <laughs> flat out. No, I understand. I understand why people are mad. I understand why people are retweeting. Sometimes my people just flat out ask for it. All right, one o'clock hour coming up. Let's talk to Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. Big day in Lawrence. Longhorns roll. Now they get ready for Baylor. Does Joe trust that defense enough to say they'll beat Baylor? We'll find out on the horn.